Archbishop, it's really good to be with you again, even if uh, with you means remotely. Thanks. It's good, good to be with you too, and good to have a chance to, to speak with uh, others in, in the Archdiocese. Yeah, so this is our first ever socially distant podcast. We've, we've done a few different iterations of this, but this is our, our first go at, at using Zoom. So we'll beg our listeners' patience if there's something a little bit, uh, you know, if there are a few wrinkles along the way, but at least we get to see each other's faces and we can hear each other. So, uh, so how have things been, been going? You know, this is different for us. Obviously, we've had a lot of differences in recent weeks. What are you seeing? I think like everybody else, I'm experiencing life differently. And my life is pure and peaceful and I'm healthy, thank God. So, so many important things are, are important blessings are really part of my, um, my experience. I know that's, it's not the same for everyone. We, we'll talk about that a little bit, I, I, I think. You know, in a, a real serious moment of challenge, and we could even say crisis like this, we're able to see in, in, in our community, in, the, in society, but also in the church, some things that are, are un, unexpectedly strong and vibrant. And I, and I think we see some weaknesses exposed too in, in uh, things that we take uh, for granted in terms of structure propping us up. And, and when some of those things are taken away, maybe we're not as, uh, we weren't, we're not as put together as, as we, we thought we were. But, but I feel privileged, really. I don't want to sound overly pious, but f- feel privileged to, to uh, have the vocation that I do and to work with you and so many others in, the, in our Catholic life here in the Archdiocese, work with people in parishes, because as we see the things around us, not crumbling exactly, but many structures and ways of life, customs, even social experiences, you know, that we took for granted that seem to be an essential part of life that are suddenly taken away, we're, we're all left to, to grapple with the question of what, what lasts, what, what really endures, and, and what is important and really essential for, for the life of the whole person. We, we have, for many centuries, been able to reflect on that in the church and, and, and come up with, with, I think, important answers, not simple, simple answers to everybody's problems or, or needs, certainly, but we, we really, in this, in this Easter season, in a, in a particular way, you know, look to the Lord and to his power, Jesus crucified and, and, and risen from the dead, and the power that um, we experience in the community of, of the church. We're experiencing it in different ways right now because we're not coming together for, for Mass and, and, and for the sacraments. Um, but it, uh, one of the things that it's, I've been reflecting on is the, the presence of the risen Jesus within within the, the living church always. So he, he promises to to meet us, we might say, or to touch us in a powerful way in the, in the celebration of the sacraments, which and we hold those dear and we we're fasting from that in many ways now and, and hope that won't last too much longer that, that that fast. But but Jesus is with us and he's active in the church through the power of the Holy Spirit and in the various manifestations of the of the church that we are still able to experience. So the family would be the first one that I think of. We call that the domestic church. Uh, I have to believe that the Lord is providing special graces to reveal his presence within family life. You're, you're much more involved in that <laughs> in a practical way day by day than, than I am. So you, you know the, 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 the trials of it and the, and the challenges, which and the gospel promises will have challenges. So you know the, that doesn't surprise us. We don't take it lightly. It doesn't surprise us. But I, I'm just confident, and I hear from people that that grace is being offered in in, the, in that context. 
there's also the, the opportunity now to reach out to our brothers and sisters who are in need. And, uh, you know, we see, for example, uh, something that's um, maybe not always so evident to us that, that so many children in the in our community wouldn't eat well if, if they didn't have the have food at school. And so if, since school is out, at least from the, in the, from a physical setting a point of view, there, there's the need for kids and families to receive decent uh, nourishment. It's beautiful to see how many people in the community pull together uh, to, to make that make that possible. And then as, as families are experiencing unemployment and other challenges, the, the normal food banks and food pantries are, are really being stretched beyond their, beyond their usual uh, ability to, to provide. But you see many people in the community, individuals and businesses are rushing to, to fill that uh, demand to, to, to meet that need. Um, surely the Lord is revealing himself there and, and he reveals himself in the face of the hungry, of, of, of the poor, of the isolated, and he reveals his, his power in the, the individual acts of, of charity, of, of solidarity that, that we see multiplied. We can't come together in big groups to do those things, but it's happening in families, in neighborhoods, in, in communities, in school community. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard some, some, I mean, kind of some pretty striking statistics from our our friends at the uh, Catholic Charities Food Pantries and the St. Vincent de Paul Society, uh, you know, seeing like a fourfold increase in people visiting and needing food, uh, and so the amount that they're yeah they're being called on to to package and and hand out has been a huge increase. It's just a it's a clear indicator right there of what you're, what you're saying that this is uh, it's even simple things. You know, they're asking for peanut butter or for staple yeah. products um, as things that we can, we can provide without, even if some of us have, have suffered a, and not to put, not to make light of that either, but you know, if we've suffered a reduction in, in pay or hours or whatever, there are still some things that are the kind of basic necessities. If we have that possibility, that somebody can still benefit even from a, a small gift right now. So anyway, that's uh, easy enough for us to think, well, it is from the point of view, but certainly from the uh, informed by the gospel that, that, if, uh, if I'm able to eat and have adequate nourishment, then other people should have that too. And, and to the extent that I can share what I, what I have with others uh, for this, over this time, you know, there are larger questions of structures in society that, that maybe need to be altered in some way long-term, but, but for now people need food on the yeah. table. And everybody does, but kids, especially, you know, we want to make sure that, that there wouldn't be any child in our, in our community that would be hungry. We could help that. But, and I think people are trying to help. And, and we did very beautifully. The point is beyond the food, which is essential. Uh, it, the, the point is that, that the, the risen Lord is active in, in the lives and in, in the activity of the members of his body, uh, the, the church. And, and so we see the, how would you put it? Maybe like the fonts of sacramental life are turned off in the normal way in our parishes. People aren't coming to, able to come to mass and, confirmations and first communions that those things are being postponed. They'll, they'll be celebrated uh, later. Um, at, at the same time, uh, Jesus has not gone away and he's not back in the tomb. He's not defeated by the, by the virus. Uh, he's uh, active in those of us who welcome him in, into our lives, into our prayer, our, our, our reflection. And when we meet him, he's always intending to send us out and, and to ask us to nourish and to, to notice how we might witness our faith in him uh, to others uh, in word, but, uh, but in these days, especially indeed. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, just speaking personally as a member of a domestic church, and I suppose as a leader thereof, and then you know, in the capacity in which, which we work together, I, it has been caused to reflect on how I'm already grafted onto the body. You know, what does that mean? Like we, we know, you know those of us who've been formed or have Catholic education and you know, who, who embrace that and, and try to respond to it, we know the sacramental life is so important. And, and yet, I, you know, like I found in this time that it, I think it, at times the norm for me has been to maybe not realize how much baptism is active, not just a finished event from the past, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in, great. But, but right now, I think what you're saying, when, when I look at those other people, those witnesses and, and, and the needs and then just friends who are asking us to pray for them, you know, our desire even when we can't do something physical for people shows, I think, is evidence of a belonging that is something he does. It's something Christ made. It's not, uh, you know, it's not something that, that ha- as you said, is, it has been canceled or postponed. It's already there. So I think, yeah, it's a, it's timely for all of us. You know, whenever this, this period of it could end in the coming weeks, we, we're not sure. Uh, we could be back here again at some point if there's another wave. Yeah. We, we don't know. But, but that discovery, right. I, I think, is, is needed for us for, for any time. So it's, a, it's a, in a way, you know, like it's a strange grace that he gives us this, this opportunity to discover that in a painful way in many, in, you know, in many respects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the, one of those, we, we were talking about this earlier, the, you know, this, the situation is a lot of people are, are, are suffering in some pretty acute ways. One of the, the major uh, points of upheaval is in, in the job market and, you know, the marketplace as a whole, but, but particularly with unemployment, you know, there's some, some reports like the Lincoln Journal star, they said there were 95,000 claims filed over the past five weeks which is more than the average number that's filed in a two-year period, typically. So it's a significant change for a lot of people. So the celebration of the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker is May 1st. That's upon us. And we're, we're reminded and when, when Pope Pius XII, right, it's Pius XII, I think, when he instituted the, the, this feast, it was in response to some visions of the worker and of human life that were totally antithetical to the gospel you know, the, i.e. The, the May Day celebrations of the communists and others and whatever. So he's you know, established, okay, so this, this will be the St. Joseph the Worker Feast Day because St. Joseph is the model of, of the, the worker, you know, par excellence. Um, so it's interesting that's happening at this, at this time. I think there's a, there's a, a time to pause or, or at, least, at least ask the question, or what have we been given as an understanding in the church of why work is so important for the expression of our dignity? Like first understanding that is the problem. And we may not be able to solve everything right now. Obviously we don't have all the levers of power, but, but how can we look at that problem as, as Christians and as what you said, as, as people who want to live solidarity with our brothers and sisters? Yeah, work is one of those, um, we experience it often as a necessary evil. So it's been, um, because of the, of the, the brokenness that we ex- experience from original sin, uh, we see from the earliest pages of the Bible as Adam and Eve are driven from the garden, you know, work is, is uh, begun to be experienced as, as something that's hard and, and burdensome. And, and yet it's, it's also very clear in the scriptures that in the, the work that we do, work to support ourselves, to support our families, to, to build up the common good, to help, to help other people. Uh, it, it, in that we reflect it in, in, in an imperfect way, but we reflect it surely, uh, reflect the, the image of, of God who, who creates and uh, God can make from nothing. Uh, we have to use what's, what's before us in, in the work that we do, but it's part of this that God has given to man and woman 
over creation that we don't uh, just sort of sit here or uh, use up resources for ourselves, but we, we uh, work individually and together often to provide for our family. So to make the life for our family secure and, and safe uh, for, the, for our neighborhood, for, for our uh, community. Especially in modern society, there's a great division of labor. So we depend on a lot of other people every day to have the kind of life that, that we're used to, to living, whether that has to do with food or electricity or healthcare or the, the building that we that we live in and work in, whatever. Lots of, of people are are required, and uh, really their talents are, are, are necessary to, to make all, all of this possible. We each make our contributions to that in in, in some way. And, and you're right, early in the 20th century, when, when uh, the communist philosophy and, and communist dictatorships were taking over in some significant parts of the, of the world, they, the leaders of, of those movements preached that the human person existed to serve the state and that work was, we were part, part of a puzzle, you might say, each individual person that put together made uh, the state good and, and powerful, but particularly secure for those who were in leadership more so those who were, were contributing. But there wasn't a sense that it wasn't a sense that it was part of God's plan, not a sense that it, it really was a, a way to enhance and express the dignity of, of human persons who were involved in, in good work for, for their own sake, for their families and, and, and for the community. So that's why the, the church decided to give St. Joseph another feast day. He, we celebrate him on March 19th as his primary feast, but this feast of St. Joseph the worker is a beautiful one because it honors St. Joseph, who, who used his skill, his labor, his energy, the sweat of his brow to support the Holy Family and to we presume because of his um, skill to contribute to the, the betterment of the community in, in which he lived in, in, the, in some ways. But he's a, a great a patron for all who have to go to work every day, who um, don't uh, have the, the, the leisure to, to sit around and, and just uh, take advantage of the things that they see around them, but, but really have to work and contribute uh, to the, uh, the, the welfare of society and, and, and to the welfare of others, most often, often uh, spouses and, and, uh, and families. As you were just recounting, you know, we've seen, I'm not sure if it's unprecedented levels of unemployment, but certainly unprecedented rises in the level of unemployment over a short amount of time. In this, these last few weeks, as we're dealing with the effects of the, of the coronavirus, the, the economy has ground to a halt in many aspects, it, it, you know, in, in many segments of the economy. And that is, looks bad on a graph, but it's really a terrible experience for the people who uh, are now out of work, maybe furloughed, maybe fired, but really without a clear sense of a path uh, into the future for their own security and, and for their, their families. That's a real effect of the, of the pandemic. And it may turn out to be a more long-lasting one in, in the, the lives of, in, of individuals and, and families. So the, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker gives us the chance to notice that. Those uh, of us in the community who do have work and who are, have the support that, that we need and are able to provide for ourselves and those who depend on us, we're invited to look around and realize there's somebody not too far from us uh, who doesn't have that, that same experience, that same that same uh, opportunity. It's also a, 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 a chance to notice those who really are working hard <laughs> and, and in some ways heroically for the rest of us during, during this time. It's well 
documented, you know, in the, in the media in other ways, but we shouldn't all take it for granted. Healthcare workers, particularly, we're all praying we don't get sick, but, but I think we live in confidence that there's somebody there to take care of me. I do, you know, that, that, that we have a system, but it's really people who, who uh, make, make that work with their uh, competence, their professional expertise, but also their, the heart and soul that, that, that they put into it, and even sometimes putting their own lives on the line. But others, you know, first responders and people who keep the, keep the lights on and, and pick up the trash and uh, keep the stores shock, stocked in the uh, uh, grocery store shelves stocked, tongue twister there. Um, but there are just uh, many in the community who sadly we take for granted uh, day by day. And, uh, you know, we count on them, but it's, this is a time to think, but we shouldn't take them for granted. And that they get up every day with a determination to work hard and their hard work is, is a benefit benefit to us. So we ask St. Joseph to watch over them and, and protect them, especially as they might be in, in some kind of danger or, or, or at risk. And we also ask the help of St. Joseph for those who are out of work right now, that, that they be reminded by the rest of us of the dignity that they do have, and, and that through St. Joseph's intercession and, and influence, somehow in the communion of, of saints, that, that those who are, are looking for work might be able to connect with uh, an opportunity uh, to have, have um, a dignified work before long. Yeah, that's a beautiful prayer. I, I think we should all take that to heart, particularly because I think it, it you know, there can be a temptation that we, 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 you know, one of two things we say, either we try to find a facile kind of, oh, well, if we just do this, we can solve all of this problem, you know, all the fallout for other people. It's born of a good desire. I don't want people to suffer. I don't want people to be out of work. But then the other side, we can say, well, we can't do anything. And we can be fatalistic about it. But, but as, you're, as you're saying right there, like that, that prayer we, we trust, as, as Christians we trust, that that's not doing nothing. That, that's something. And, and we're looking then for the opportunity to respond concretely as, as the opportunity is presented. Yeah, St. Um, Joseph is a good example. You know, his, he didn't have a real clear roadmap for his life and how he was <laughs> Responsibilities. Uh, he had to uh, listen to the voice of God. He had to pray. He had to keep Jesus at the center of his life. Um, he had to be devoted to Mary. I mean, those are things which are good for any of us. It, 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 that's why he sets such a such a good um, good example for us. But it, it also occurs to me that, that these days, at our best, we're trying to balance goods in in, in the community. So we're trying. They, they have to do both. Have to do with the dignity of of, of human persons and 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 the and common good. The first is we want to be safe and we want to especially keep vulnerable people safe as, as much as we can from, from um, the ravages of the, of the pandemic. And, and so, you know, we talk about the economy. So we shut the economy down. It's so-called, it's not, it's kind of like turning off a light switch in the, in the way we talk about it, but it, it, it seems to, to be important that we keep our distance from people and that some of the normal activities that require us to come together to do them are better not done right now. Um, that means um, then people are out of work who, who would normally be, be involved in carrying out or, su or supporting the, those activities. So then we have the question of the dignity of, of the worker and, and those who, who really desire to work and, and need to work for their own sake and, and for their families. So we hear talk of, well, let's get the economy open again and let, you know, let, let's get up and, and get going. So that's also not a bad thing, but it's, it's a balancing act right now. I, I, while we're uh, inviting 
prayer, we should really pray for uh, those who serve us in public office and, and public health, because God is really giving them in a particular way right now that responsibility for balancing those, those goods uh, that should always remain focused on the dignity of, of, of persons and, and the common good that uh, we're, we are involved in together. But it's not simple, as, as, as we can see. So we, and we haven't been in a situation quite like this before. So you like to think we can try keep these things in a balance, but on, on a given day, we might be a little too much of this or, and not enough of this. Again, I don't say that lightly because we're talking about human lives and human dignity and the welfare of, of individuals and, and families, both in terms of physical health, but also in terms of the, the ability to, to work in and, and, and support ourselves. So that's why the, the notion of the common good, which is at the, it's a basic part of our, our understanding of, of God's plan for, for the human community. That, that's why we have to keep coming back, back to that, to, to not allow ourselves to feel desperate or to think the situation is hopeless. And so we begin to thrash about and do things that are unwise <laughs> that might put other, pe- other people in, in jeopardy, but that we pray for the patience, for the wisdom that we need to, to work, work through this over the coming months, years, perhaps always with the, with the, the sense of not wanting anybody to get lost or ground up in, in the process. So kind of back to where we started, you know, we, we need to notice those in the community who, who might be struggling and we give them a hand uh, as they need it for, for the time being, knowing that it, just as easily that could be me yeah. or, or you. It's not the only reason we do it. You know, we do it for their own sake, but we, we, uh, what I hope we're learning these days is that we really are all in this together, but we're not, we're not just kind of thrown in this together like pieces on a game board, but God has a divine plan that involves each of us. And we're in this time and place by God's design. And, and he's providing us with what we not just survive ourselves, but to care for one another and, and to build up the, the human family and, and in our experience, the body of Christ in a way right now that, that could, can make it more powerful that Jesus is ris- uh, more, uh, more evident that, that Jesus is risen because we experience his power in some new ways. Thank you for that. Archbishop for that encouragement. I, yeah, I've just, I hope that those, those of us listening uh, to you would like, would really listen, listen with, with attention, because I think what you offer us here is, is an insight that, you know, this is, this is what is given to us in the church. That is, that is, again, not, not, it's not a claim to superiority, but like, that's the difference Christ makes. He, he can, he can send us into, he does send us into a variety of circumstances and, and we're never there alone no matter how dire. So thank you. As I listen, that's, that's the certainty that I, I come away with again, you know, the encouragement. Yeah. Now good. That's right at the heart of the gospel, I think. And, and of the experience of the church from the very beginning at, at her best, you know, we're not always at our best, but uh, there's no reason why we can't experience um, the, uh, our membership in the body of Christ in a new and more vibrant way these, these days and, and become closer to our best. Absolutely. So we'll ask St. Joseph's intercession uh, for that intention. That we that we receive receive Jesus as he's he's meeting us right now and 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 ask for the gifts to be disposed to to respond however that may be what however our situations may be changing so any any final blessing you want to give us would be we more than welcome Archbishop sure we put our trust in you Heavenly Father these days and we ask the intercession of Saint Joseph uh, under his title the of the worker 
be open to your divine plan, uh, even in difficult and uncertain times and circumstances. Now, through his intercession and uh, following his example, may we come to understand our place in, in your plan, uh, exercise our responsibility for the welfare of others, especially those uh, close to us who, who, who depend uh, on us. Uh, we pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these weeks before Pentecost so that uh, your plan might be clearer, that our desire to follow it might uh, be more wholehearted. We ask all this through Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Archbishop, good to see you. Thank you. Hope to talk good to you again. Too. Yeah, I'll talk to you again before long, whether whether via Zoom or or some other method. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org/podcast. Mm-hmm.